The first time I experienced racism, I couldn't have been older than seven or eight. I was walking downtown with my mom, headed to the library to check out some books, and an older, very creepy-looking man on a bike stopped us and said to my mom, Oh, so you're an N-word lover, eh? I had never seen my mom so visibly angry. She stood between him and I and shouted and swore as he rode north on his little raggedy bike. I absolutely was not the problem in that scenario, and my mom didn't make me feel that way, but I sure felt like it. My mother is everything to me, and we were even closer back then, obviously, so her pain was my pain. I didn't really fully understand what an N-word lover was, and I still don't. Um, The rational side of me does not identify with that, obviously, but I saw that it upset her and that hurt me. I deal with casual racism throughout my teens, being called an Oreo by quote-unquote friends, uh, one of my high school boyfriend's dads using the N-word right in front of me, seeing two KKK rallies in my hometown before I turned 16. I protested both for the record, first with my dad and then with my friends, but they were still really traumatizing. The last time, or the latest time, that I experienced racism was just a few weeks ago. Someone on YouTube had commented that I wasn't proud of my European heritage because I got excited about my African DNA results via an Ancestry DNA test video. And the words that she said were much harsher than that, but I deleted them pretty quickly from my channel and from my memory. I try to be really conscious of what future viewers will see, especially younger viewers. I don't want them to be traumatized by racist language themselves. And I think besides comments like that being the norm for me, I mean, I get at least a few a month. The worst part is that I mentioned it in a different YouTube video and expressed my pain to my viewers. And not one person, not one out of the 500 plus viewers besides my mother, expressed solidarity or support for me in that moment. It was so casually brushed off. I felt like I was complaining and being dramatic. And it's those racist YouTube comments that make me want to stop going, stop producing content, stop making myself a target. And I know that nobody owes me anything, but that silence from my viewers really hurt. Silence is violence. It's accepting oppression and abuse as the norm. And that's why I knew, despite being generally quiet about race and politics and all of that tough stuff, I knew that I couldn't be silent today. So if you haven't realized yet, this is going to be an uncomfortable episode. You may want to close your podcast player if you're not ready for an honest conversation about race. These are obviously my own personal views and do not represent anyone on my team or my clients or any of my previous employers, but they are all related to work in some way, whether you think so or not. And in case you're listening a few months or years down the road, I'm recording this on June 4th, 2020, the day after George Floyd's killers were finally charged after days of mass protests across the U.S., as well as our major allies across the globe. We're in a collective awakening, and I'm really proud of us for that, but we still have so far to go. 
I wrote a letter to my Facebook community on Monday after a sleepless weekend for myself, and I'm going to read that to you just to catch you all up to speed in case anyone's not in that group. It says, hi, everyone. I'm going to take my own advice and avoid saying that I've, quote, been struggling with the right words to say, but I did want to make sure that I addressed you in a meaningful way. The TLDR is that I don't want there to be any confusion about where I stand. Black lives matter. If that offends you or you don't see how that's relevant to this community we've built, please leave. I'll happily refund you if you're currently enrolled in coaching or courses. Firstly, to my black clients, community members, friends, I see you. I appreciate you. I value your contributions to this community and to my life. As a biracial woman, I understand my unique perspective and privilege and will continue to educate myself and stand up for you. To my non-Black allies and friends, I've been doing this work internally and externally since 2012, but this is new to a lot of you and that's okay. I promise you that unless you do not believe all people deserve access to proper, safe police resources, you will not be saying the wrong thing. You will make mistakes. Again, I am black and white too, and cannot identify with everything either. I mess up sometimes too. I then added a few links, which I'll also share down in the show notes and ended with, why does this matter? If you're confused about why this all matters beyond my own personal identity, many of us work in marketing and media, and that matters. We shape culture from the stock images we select to the people we employ in our businesses. We have so much power as entrepreneurs to amplify diverse voices, to create more representative spaces, and empower other people. If you want to help make the world a better place, please keep that in mind, not just while this is in the headlines, but throughout your journey in business. All right, so what I want to touch on with you all is what we can do as entrepreneurs to do our part to heal this deep wound that exists not just in my home country, but all over the world. I want to start by saying that my voice is not the voice of all black or brown people. Like I said before, these are all my own personal opinions, and I do plan to have a larger conversation with some other people from this community, but I want to do it the right way and take my time and not just throw that together. And I also want to be very conscious of how I'm asking people to, you know, do that emotional labor. I don't want people to feel forced or pushed into that conversation. So stay tuned join the Facebook group. If you want, um, you know, to, to take part in that conversation, let me know there, but, um, I'm, I'm assembling that. So more to come. Also, if you do not believe that racism exists, or you feel like the term black lives matter is exclusionary or harmful, I'd encourage you to do a bit of work before diving into this episode. And I don't say that to be rude, but I'm not going to be going over all of that because frankly, as I said, I quote, got woke in 2012 after Trayvon Martin was murdered. And that was my personal awakening. I mean, I'm fortunate that my father was very informed and always made sure that I was proud of both my blackness and my French ancestry. And my mom is very informed and quote unquote woke too. But uh, yeah, Trayvon was really when I started to do that internal work to humbly understand my own personal privileges as a lighter skinned biracial woman and where I started getting louder politically, where I started going to protests and city hall meetings. And because of that, I would be lying to you if I said I didn't feel a tad bit resentful that the concept of racial inequality is brand new to some people who are my age or even older that live here in the United States at least. But I want to do my best as the leader of this community to give grace. 
There's a quote by Malcolm X that says, don't be in a hurry to condemn because he doesn't do what you do or think as you think or as fast. There was a time when you didn't know what you know today. And I want you to know that I am doing my very best to understand that we're all in different places with this stuff. So the million dollar question I've been getting and that I often pose to myself is, what can I do to help? Here's the thing. This doesn't end when George Floyd hopefully gets the justice he deserves because nothing's going to bring him back, number one. Um, Or Breonna Taylor or Ahmaud Arbery. It's long, it's systemic, and there are so many people who still need to be fought for. Racism goes back years and years. The U.S. was literally built on the backs of enslaved Africans on stolen land from indigenous people. And once chattel slavery was outlawed in 1865, we then went through about a century of Jim Crow laws. That brings us to 1965, which means many of our parents and even maybe some of my listeners were born into a separate but equal society. People talk about slavery and Jim Crow like it was so long ago, but it it really isn't. Segregation ended just over 50 years ago, and something that lasted that long is going to take a while to unravel and dismantle and recover from. There is no switch. There's no one-step solution. This is work. It's work that I've been doing actively for almost a decade and unknowingly for all 29 years of my life. It requires us to change our habits and our mindset and examine bias that we didn't even know we had. And yes, we all have it. But entrepreneurs are powerful, and I really want you guys to understand that. I don't openly say this much, but I went full-time with my business mainly because in the workplace, I often felt powerless when it comes to much of this stuff. I've worked in jobs where I was one of maybe two black or brown people in my entire department, and when I would verbalize how I felt about diversity and old-school traditions, I'd get shut down and made to feel small. I've worked in jobs where a manager once read the N-word, hard R, right in front of me. No remorse. Where I would be the little guy who did all the work and got none of the credit. Where a manager would ask me my political affiliation and views on protesting racial injustice before we had a relationship that would make a conversation like that comfortable. I've been passed over for promotions that... I I say this with the most humble way possible that I 100% deserved over the other person, but I didn't have the same connections, which is a part of privilege that they did. Experiencing those things made me realize that I had a better shot of not only earning more money, but also building a life of dignity for myself where I wouldn't leave the office crying because someone talked about how awesome Kid Rock was the day after he said something super effing racist publicly or gosh, I could go on, but I won't. (laughs) And you know what? I didn't want to build a business that made those same mistakes. My business is not perfect, but the people that I've hired have been at least 50% people of color and mostly women. And that's an easy action that you can take right now. Assess who's on your team and which contractors you're going to need moving forward and aim for diversity. And one of the questions I hear when I say something like that is, okay, well, we just can't find anyone, or I want to hire the best person for the job and not stick to a quota. And let me shut those things down real quick. I don't have a quota or an affirmative action type program in my business. 
I simply hire a reflection of my life. I don't discriminate. I have cultivated a social circle and group of mentors and friends that are diverse. It's really that simple. Therefore, when I put out a call on LinkedIn or Instagram or Twitter asking for referrals or posting a job opportunity, what I get in return is usually a diverse group of applicants. And yeah, then I choose the best one. Sometimes they're white, sometimes they're black, sometimes they're brown. I value everyone equally. So that's something easy. That's low-hanging fruit as far as I am concerned. I got a lot of messages from Friday through Tuesday of this week that made me feel like I'm a lot of people's only black friend. And full disclaimer, I want to help. I value our friendships and I am more than happy to have conversations and do the work together. But I shouldn't be your only black friend. I shouldn't be the only black person you follow or respect the opinion of. That goes for the internet and real life. So make a point to say hi to people that you wouldn't normally. On the street, at your local cafe, on Instagram. I'm really terrible at making friends, so I really have little advice there, but following people on the internet is at least a good start. And another thing you can do is make your employees, your team, your clients feel not just tolerated, but accepted and included. Like I said, I've been in roles where I was asked to come up with campaigns related to diversity and then get shut down when I challenged the company on something or was too woke in my messaging. So don't hire people and ask them to do that work if you're not going to listen to it. I always think of the infamous Kendall Jenner Pepsi ad. Look it up if you haven't seen it. It's an interesting one. And I just feel like either there were no black or brown people in that room Or if they were there, they didn't feel empowered to speak up. Same with the H&M monkey ad, which you can also look up. My goodness, it was pretty terrible. Oftentimes when I was in those situations, I knew the right answer. I knew what was wrong, but I felt like a burden or I felt like I was being a problem if I spoke freely about it. So the solution for that is real simple. Listen. If a BIPOC or a black indigenous person of color calls you out on something, don't get defensive. I know how that feels. Again, I'm not perfect. I'm part white. I have white family as well, and it can be hard sometimes to not take things personally, but it's not personal. The same thing goes for, you know, gender identity and sexual orientation, not to conflate the two in any way, but, you know, I consider myself an ally, but I'm always learning and I make mistakes. I do. I have, and I probably will continue to, but so long as I meet that criticism with respect and an open mind and heart, it can usually be remedied and forgiven. You can also let your team know that they're not going to get in trouble for voicing their opinions and their experiences to you. You can get to know them, drawing appropriate personal boundaries, of course, but having an open kind of relationship allows them to feel more comfortable when something does feel off. And of course, examine your HR systems if you're hiring people full time. And, you know, I know a lot of us have really small teams, but being one of not many is really hard. I say that from experience, not having someone who I could identify with in that way or get a second opinion from was really, really hard. So try to be mindful of that. If there is one person of color on your team, don't make them the token. Mind your microaggressions, that kind of thing. And microaggressions, let's talk about that. If you didn't know, those are the little subtle things like asking the person of color to be the note taker almost every time. 
yelling at them publicly, but not ever yelling at or bossing anyone else around. Asking them to close the conference room door or dial the phone or use their computer to present. You know, those admin type tasks that they're not really being paid for. These things are very commonly asked of women as well, you know, getting coffee, all that. And then there's also those weird microaggressions like asking where I'm from, which I'm from America, (laughs) very all-American girl, Um, or laughing when I say that I enjoy country music or calling me well-spoken. That just happened to me last week and I cringed so freaking hard. All major yikes. You can acknowledge diverse holidays like Juneteenth, Martin Luther King Day, Kwanzaa, and, you know, also non-Christian religious holidays as well. Jewish holidays, Muslim holidays, Hindu holidays. I personally will be blocking my calendar this year and unplugging for Juneteenth. No meetings, no calls. And I don't expect my team to work. For those listening outside of the States or who maybe haven't heard of this before, Juneteenth or June 19th was the day that the last enslaved Africans were emancipated here in the U.S. And it's, you know, also known as Freedom Day. It's a day to celebrate. It's a day I think everybody should be proud of. And I remember working in corporate, wanting to volunteer on MLK Day or take Juneteenth off, but feeling really weird about asking since I was the only one asking for that day off. So adding floating holidays, office-wide shutdowns, or team volunteer opportunities on some of those particular days can make your team feel a lot more included. Also, most of us are marketers, so don't forget that representation matters. Choose stock photos, models, and imagery that is diverse. Not just race either, but, and and I know that's the focus of this episode, so again, I don't want to, you know, conflate these things, but age is important here too. Body type. If all of your models are thin, white 20-year-olds, you're writing off a lot of potential clientele. They're not going to see themselves in your product or service. So seek diverse images. I love createherstock.com. It's great for stock photography. All right, so let's talk about statements real quick because, oh boy, did I see some fails, fails this week. Uh, Let's start with individual statements. What should you, a business owner, be saying about racism, about George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, say their names, so many others? This was something that I wrestled with, but probably for different reasons than a lot of my non-Black listeners. Here's the thing. Um, I have not watched that video. I chose not to watch George Floyd get murdered on my computer screen. And actually, that's another action you can add to your list, too. Stop sharing videos like that, definitely without a warning, maybe even at all. Think about it. When was the last time you saw a white person die on camera? We have been so desensitized to black death, so deeply that we're willing to watch it take place for 8 minutes and 46 seconds. So I didn't watch because I didn't need to. I knew how the story was going to go. And as someone who has already lost a lot of, quote, friends a lot of work, a lot of mental peace, I wasn't ready to do this again. When I heard that protests were happening and the world started to get really angry, I said, babe, let's go to Starbucks. Let's just try to keep on keeping on. Because as a black person who has in some ways, quote unquote, made it, risking more client work, brand sponsorships, rest so I could wake up and get my work done, that was really scary. And that's a privilege, and I 100% accept and understand that. 
So that feeling lasted about an hour. And to be honest with you, I haven't really slept since then. Last night was the first night that I got maybe six hours of sleep. Um, so rest and taking care of myself is something that I'm very much still working on. And I'm, I'm going to be making a really big effort to do that next week. I say that not to make anyone feel bad for me, but I say that to say if you're white and if you have a little bit less to lose than I do, you can say something too. Another thing that I struggled with is I was like, well, I'm not like an activist. I mean, I have a political science degree and I worked on political campaigns before and I feel like that time has kind of passed. I don't feel like I'm looked up to in that way anymore. I'm not, that's not my thing anymore. I'm personally very politically active, but it's not what I want to be known for. So I thought, who cares? There are so many other more important voices out there, and I'm going to link some of them in the show notes um, if you do want to get, you know, information about how you can do direct action and help right now. I'm talking more to the broader cultural business impact that is going to be important to keep up with on an ongoing basis um, since I'm in business now. Because this relates to business. I mentor mostly young women who are building businesses. And for all the reasons I talked about earlier, they need to know this stuff. I don't want them to co-sign the next Kendall Jenner Pepsi ad. I don't want them to upset a future hire of theirs. And for that, I guess I have to apologize because I know that was a pain point for me in the past working in a traditional workplace. And it should be a part of what I'm teaching you guys, even though it's hard. It's hard to talk about. It's scary to talk about. I feel like I'm being judged, um, but that it's not doing you guys the right service by not leading in that way. So I wrote a little something just about my journey in business as a black and, you know, biracial person. It was an act of solidarity more than anything. It was, it's easy to do. A lot of people are saying that they don't know the words. And my answer to that is there are no right words. Uh, I just watched Meghan Markle, um, her, her, her speech to a bunch of graduates today. I'll try to link it below if I can find it. Um, but yeah, she said the only wrong thing to say is nothing. And I 100% agree. Do you stand for equality? Do you value your black clients as much as your white ones? Do you have work to do? Are you learning? Those are all valid things to say, but it shouldn't be hard to say that you stand against racism or you value your clients or you empathize with the pain your black ones and and really everyone, but particularly the black ones are going through. That's it. Standing with black people who just witnessed another black murder that took way too long to even charge does not mean you're anti-police. I want to be very clear about that. I personally, and again, I don't speak for all people, but I personally want police in my community. I just want them to do the right thing. I don't want to be afraid of them. I want to be able to go to them when I need help. I want to be able to say hello to them and have a friendly relationship with them and not be afraid. It doesn't mean that you're anti-white. Again, I'm half white. Most of my family is white. I have virtually no black family members after my dad died last year. Uh, I love white people. (laughs) I am white people. I do not have to eliminate that because I'm standing up for black lives. It doesn't mean that you're un-American. My family on my dad's side, the black side, has been fighting in wars for this country since the Civil War. I am as American as apple pie. 
So after I wrote what I wrote, I was flooded with comments and DMs and I realized that I was a leader. You know, this was a part of my job, like I said. So I'm going to keep checking in, especially with my coaching clients, black, white, brown, to see how they're doing, to see how they are are, are doing with this because it's important. I want you to understand that you're not giving anything up by saying you're anti-racist. Believing that you'll lose clients or ruffle feathers, it's, it's scarcity mindset. If I lose clients or followers, let them go. They're not for me. And thank you to the people in my Instagram comments, by the way, who reinforced that. Some really strong, amazing women um, really encouraged me with that because it was a, it was something I was struggling with. I was losing followers for posting on my Instagram story. And I mentioned that and so many people were like, you know what, those people aren't for you and you don't need them. And they're absolutely right. Why would I want to work for someone who is pro-racism? And as I said, if they are, and if they leave, there is someone else for you. There always is. That's abundance mindset. There is enough. There are enough good people in this world who want your work. Believe that. Oh man, now for brands. Oh my gosh, I cringed. Okay, here's my theory. My theory is this. If you don't have anything to say, be silent. You know, I can feel how I feel personally, but if your brand, you know, as a brand identity does not have something to say, then I think it's better to say nothing at all than to do it halfway. Don't do, you know, a halfway wishy-washy dancing around the topic type of statement. The blackout day on Tuesday was the ultimate cop-out. It was a movement that basically got hijacked and it turned into an easy out for companies. And I was really disappointed by it. I was disappointed in the companies that chose to post a black square and nothing else. If they posted the square but had addressed racism before, that felt okay to me. But simply a black square sends the message that this was a virtue signal, a way for them to prove, hey guys, we're not racist, but we actually don't care enough about you to put 30 minutes on the calendar to come up with a meaningful message for you. For my business, James and Park Creative, I chose to share a simple message about how marketing was important to combating racism, how representation matters, and how that is a big part of what we do. But keep in mind that I do have a Black-owned business, and I didn't feel as much of a need to justify my stances on those things, if you will. You know, most of my business also comes from my personal brand, so I think that first message that I put out was actually more important. But if you are going to say something, I like to check these points. And and this is primarily for larger businesses, but I think we can, you know, I, identify with it for our own businesses or for our clients. First point, who's our audience? Obviously, anti-racism should be for everyone. But if you're particularly serving the Black community, you need to talk. If you live in an area that has been highly affected, like Minneapolis or Louisville, um, you need to talk. If you serve the community in some way, you need to talk. Number two, don't ignore the elephant in the room. I noticed a lot of brands making this weird vomit alphabet soup kind of statement that would include literally every word except for racism, George Floyd, black, black people, police, black lives matter, police brutality, etc. Like all of the keywords in this situation, right? You don't have to say all of them, but if you can't fully address why the world is hurting, why, why black people in particular are hurting, it comes across as very, very odd. 
And even more odd if you post a picture of a cute black kid or Beyonce or some other representation of black culture, that sounds like a virtue signal and it makes those people or those images out to be props for your half-hearted agenda, if you will. And finally, ask yourself what you are going to do. This needs to be concrete and needs to be tangible. Phrases like, we'll work hard for you, or we'll eliminate racism together. I mean, they sound nice, I guess, but they mean nothing. Will you commit to hiring more black and brown people? Will you bring in diversity training for your team? Will you donate to a charity or an organization? Because today's consumers, they need to know, plain and simple. Ah, this, this is heavy. So, so when can things get back to normal? Um, I hope that they never do. I hope that we never stop elevating marginalized voices until we are all on an equal playing field. I hope we don't go back to influencer culture as we knew it, where we were quick to be sold on something silly, stupid, that we don't need, but people were afraid to speak about things that really mattered. But as far as social media goes, I personally am taking about a week off from YouTube and from my fun, silly, and promotional Instagram posts. For my clients, I took at least a day. It just really depended on their industry, their audience, their statement that they made, all of that. When I come back, I will be better. I've used this time to reevaluate who I'm following, and I unfollowed a lot of brands with weak statements, a lot of influencers who I no longer felt like listened to me or heard me, identified with me, and in turn, I'm making sure to diversify my feeds. I honestly, as a black woman, as a biracial woman, I honestly did a poor job of acknowledging diverse groups of people. Don't get me wrong, I'm proud that this show has had a ton of different types of people on it, but my day-to-day cultural influences were honestly not super diverse. And so I'm making a point to follow people back and, you know, look for people who are different from the rest of my feed. I noticed this particularly on Twitter. Twitter is a nightmare for me right now. I follow a bunch of marketing dudes, you know, the, the typical marketing dudes who have pretty much said nothing. Very few of them have said anything. And maybe this is a little bit of a rant, but why not, right? As a person of color who's a creator, I never want to lean on that as a crutch. I never want you know people to follow me because of that or use my, my color, my skin color as a reason why I'm not as successful. But if we're just being honest here, it is frustrating and it's really hurtful when I get compared to other creators. I hate it when people do that. Um, And the reason that is, is because a lot of people make the exact same type of content as me, but have more followers. And I'm not going to say that it's all racial, but you know, people in general do gravitate towards people who they identify with. It's natural. I, I can't, you know, blame people necessarily, but I think we need to understand that subconscious bias. Um, And yeah, I mean, I get frustrated thinking about how some of your favorite influencers have DM'd me, many of them in this space, and told me that my content has inspired them to make work from home and freelancing content, yet I can barely scrape by with 500 views per video. Again, if I'm lucky on a good day. So amplify those voices. It doesn't have to be mine, but amplify people of color when you can, because sometimes the extra boost of a share or a tag, a post about them, it can really help. 
I was really frustrated this week seeing my very personal and well-thought-out post ignored by so-called influencer friends, yet they were quick to like Kim Kardashian's very late, very late statement. Um, or those sharing resources only posted by other white women. And again, I am not shaming, but they are just things to be mindful of. These are things that we can think about every day when we're scrolling Instagram, when we are engaging on our platforms, things like that. A simple share or a repost can help anyone of any color, and I want to do more of that in general. For influencers specifically, I'd invite you to listen to episode 85 of this podcast with Arielle Frank. We talk a lot about how influencers can use their privilege to advocate for influencers of color and try to help close that pay gap. And I'm also going to be mindful of what I'm posting. I do have full disclaimer here. I do have a few sponsorships coming up on Instagram and I'm also launching a new course in a couple weeks. The show must go on. I have to eat. I have to run my business, but I'm going to read the room. Don't be addicted to the news. Take, take time for yourself, but make sure that nothing terrible has happened right before you make a big self-serving announcement and make sure that you're balancing your content out with content that educates or inspires with content that, you know, sells or, or serves yourself only. And lastly, check in with your friends to date. I think I've had I think three non-people of color uh, reach out to me and see how I was doing. Three. And again, that's hard for me to reckon with. I know that it's an uncomfortable situation. It's not fun to talk about, but imagine living it for 30 years. Imagine being simultaneously so excited to marry your dream man, who also happens to be black, yet being terrified for him every single time he leaves the house. Imagine risking your livelihood to speak out about why your life matters. Wondering if you were murdered, if people would care or believe that you were innocent, or if they would instead bring up every little mistake that you made in your past. That is discomfort, my friends. So that's all I have. I hope you all take care of yourselves. I want you all to stay informed, but also take time for yourself to relax, to unwind, to unplug, because this is hard work. I was planning to end the season with this episode. Um, This is actually episode 100, so it feels weird to celebrate anything right now, but I did plan a kind of happy post, but I just obviously didn't feel right about ending things on that note. So I will have a new one that's a little bit happier out next Friday. And hopefully I'll have a larger discussion on how we can do better as marketers and influencers with, like I said, some other members of this community um, shortly after that, because I think that's important. I don't want to be the only voice of this. These are all, of course, just my own personal experiences and opinions. You guys, all, all of you, every color, every background, every age, every gender, every orientation, you guys all mean so much to me and I value you being here. Take care of yourselves and I'll talk to you soon.